to the Sweat It Out podcast. If you want to be successful, look inside. We don't like sitting in the discomfort. Then all of a sudden that day came when I got 20 bucks and two free drinks to do a show. And I was like, oh shit, here we go, baby. You know? <laughs> Thank God she hasn't caught a chicken yet. <laughs> Don't be soft. That patience is key. If all my friends are winning, then it's going to make me want to win more. Ooh. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Guys, welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. He is a tremendous motivational speaker. He's obsessed with helping people make shift happen. He has the shift method, identity shifting, He's been on NBC, Fox, Inc., Success, WSG. He's a true Christian, and he's an ex-NFL vet. Guys, help us welcome the one and only Anthony Trucks. What's up, baby? I know you got that sexy name because I'm Anthony, too, so. Oh man, it's a beautiful. And you know that it's the last name's the the one that's the interesting in the trucks. People every time I go, so I go chucks like the shoes. I go no trucks like the vehicle. Ooh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> even so, trucks is even worse than Chuck shoes. To be quite honest, though. <laughs> well, that's why we got Anthony to make up for it. There it goes. It works out. Go. When I was a kid growing up, my my biological mom named me Anthony Antonio Alonzo Trucks because she's a little special. Genuinely, I'll, I'll tell you kid. something. I my name was almost gonna be Antonio because my dad and my grandpa were both Antonio, yeah. and then my mom's like, "We're not calling him Antonio. We're gonna call him Michael." But then they're like, mm-hmm. "No, we're not gonna call him Michael." So they let settle for Anthony Michael Mendes. <laughs> but imagine being named Anthony Anthony. Like True. what's this guy's name? True. He's Anthony Anthony Alonzo. Like, how would you do that to him? It's very weird. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. Welcome to my world. So how you been, man? How you been overall? How's things going for you? I'm good, man. Uh, I got a lot going on. All the same, I got a book that just came out, which I'm super Congrats. excited and proud of. I have. Uh, How about you throw that plug well. in there, right, real quick? Throw the book plug in there. Oh, I got a, a book. On. Identity shift. I got the hold on. I got it. It's, I got all these ones getting packed up to go out places. But the book is. It came out the 24th of August, called Identity Shift: Upgrade How You Operate to Elevate Your Life. Oof. And it's honestly, it's a beautiful book because it's designed in a way to where you get the concept of why identity is the most paramount piece of you achieving the next level of life, no matter how you look at it. It's involved, and also how to do it. So Love one that. part concept, other part of like process. How do I do this? with a proactive direction because I think society nowadays needs that. So that's that, man. I'm, I'm excited about that. And then I have a family that's amazing. We're moving. We just bought a house. So I'm, I'm in the middle of packing. So this is the second to last podcast I will do in this studio. And the next one will be a whole different role. But new new uh, chapter of life, man. And then besides that, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm doing 75 hard for the second time this mm. year starting tomorrow. So I'm going to drink some beer tonight and have some whole Wish bunch of sweets. the best. All right. Because I don't get to do any of that tomorrow. And uh, yeah, man, that's it. Dude, I'm telling you, that 75 hard stuff, it's legit. It's, I did it once. It's legit. It's I, legit. I lost 37 pounds January 1st. Well, January, December 31st, 2020, I was 249.8 pounds. I was like a sip of water from 250. So I'm, I'm just, I say 250. And then in 75 days, I got down to 212. And I, just so you know, I don't, 250 isn't like a regular weight. Like I usually floated about 225, 220 right now, which my, I'm at weight right now. So I was fat. I was like, this guy, so my wife, she would touch my belly and go, you're so tight. She'd say, you're so tight. <laughs> I was like, anyways. Um, Look, man, no, man, I, I remember when I used it. to weigh 225 playing football. So I'm having to lose yeah. all that weight. So 
I, I know. Bueno. <laughs> so how, how, tell me a little bit about you and your journey, man. How you, how you got things started and, you know, mm-hmm. basically where you're at today through that journey of yours and that success that you've been able to build up. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's all that cool stuff you listed, but it doesn't start there, right? It's the, uh, it's, it's a, it's a part of the journey, but it started in a detrimental place we'll call it. Not so fun. And and we all have moments where we start in these areas. And so for me, it started with uh, being given away at three years old in the foster care system. And, and back in 1986, when this happened, it wasn't a good space. There's no video, no social, there's no communication. So I was what's called a paycheck. As long as I didn't die in these houses who would starve me, beat me, torture me, they got a paycheck for me. And so I bounced around from house to house. And in like three years, I went to five houses and they treated me so horribly. I mean, I was made to chase chickens to earn meals. I was, I was putting shopping carts, pushed down hills, forced to lick the bottom of people's shoes, like torturous, weird stuff. And then at six years old, landed my family. It's my current family. The weird dynamic there is we were really, really poor. And we grew up in a non-diverse area. Like there's nobody looked like me and my whole family was white. So I'm the only black person in an all white family in a space where like nobody looked like me. There was a, it just was, was crazy. So I grew up not only like not feeling loved by my real mom, but feeling like, and then feeling like I didn't matter to the people that were taking care of me, but I also grew up not feeling like I, I mattered or existed in a space where anybody like belonged. Like I didn't belong. So my entire childhood for the most part was this unsettling, just like ball in the pit of your stomach experience. And I also, because I'm in foster care, I wasn't adopted until I was 14. Up until 14, you never know for sure if this place you woke up, you're going to go to bed. You 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 know it, right? But you don't because they could legit send a car at any point in time, pick you up and take you somewhere else. And so that was up to 14. And I wish life was like, you know, butterflies and rainbows and sunshine after that. But it wasn't. But that was the beginning of life, man. The, the, those first years were the ones where anybody's experienced a, a lack of feeling like I don't matter, worthlessness, that that was my life. And, and I saw there that you were in the NFL. How was that experience for you? Oh, man, NFL sucks. No, I'm kidding. It was uh, it was fun. So if you take this thing way up to it's the It's all NFL, a business. Oh, yeah. It, it is, dude. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happened between the NFL and, and high school. Though. So I go to football the first couple of years. I was 14 years old. I tried for the first time. I was trash at football. Horrible. I, I couldn't catch a football, catch a cold. It was bad. And then I had a year where I was like, I'm going to figure this damn thing out. And I dug in and I did some really deep, dark internal work to, to beat the odds of statistics with a foster kid. And my adoptive mom was diagnosed with MS and I wanted to like show up for her and be her part of her, like, you know, some of she had joy around. And I was one of six in the family that was really poor, but we figured it out, man. And somehow I beat the odds. I got a football scholarship to go play football at the University of Oregon. My high school sweetheart went up there with me, had a kid at 20 years old, met my real dad at 20 years old during my first collegiate start on national television. I got this game ball the day I met my dad. Um, So like some really cool things that took place all in a weird bubble. And then after that, I got the NFL and the NFL was, it's interesting, dude. It's, it's, there's a funny acronym. It says it stands for not for long. You know, it's uh, you get in, you get hurt, you get out, dude. And it's, it's a very interesting experience because it's the highest level in the world for something. And no one cares about your feelings. <laughs> like you, nobody cares. You got hurt. Okay. Keep playing. No, you can't play. Then go home. Like it's, and it's just the nature of the beast. And you have to find a way to live consistently in a level of utter discomfort. It just is competition. It's like, it's like being in battle all the time. You're battling for a job, for a spot to matter. You're battling against teammates that are your buddies and you, you practice hard to make them look stupid in practice, then go have a beer. Just really weird. And then you learn to, to be able to be, I don't know, like you, you almost get adopted and, and bathed in the crazy. So that's why a lot of guys come out and they just, we're on a different tick, dude. We just, we think different, flow different. I don't get your world and you don't get mine. And it's not a bad thing. It's just an is thing. And so when you come out of that, 
there's a different way of how to relearn life, I guess. I have to go back and relearn how to show up in this world that seems incredibly foreign to me now. And, and I got to say, you know, first of all, you know, for somebody who, who's gone through what you've gone, you know, and have been able to overcome a lot of these obstacles, you know, I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure it's not easy. And I'm sure you've had to put in a lot of work. What is some of the stuff you, you personally had to do for yourself um, as far as self-development work, you know, people putting, putting yourself around the right people? What, what, what other things besides those things, what else did you have to do to be able to face those issues and overcome them to be yeah, where you're at uh, today? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question, man. So I, I guess it would take place around like the, the most progressive window of developing myself took place in January 2016 with the first catalyst. So I'd gone through, you know, football, I'd come home and then like everything fell apart. I had this massive crisis of like, who am I without the game of football? Because if you've been doing something for a long time, I don't care what it is. You could have been the greatest, I don't know, popsicle seller on, you know, in your entire life. If you can't do that anymore, well, who am I? I'm not the popsicle seller. If I was the shoe guy, like I'm not the shoe guy no more. So I was the football guy. I'm not the football guy no more. And I have a gaping hole. And so I had this space where I was trying to fill it by doing other stuff. And the next day I know I'm, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We have a kid. We have two more kids now. So if three, uh, marriage falls apart. I'm out of shape. Business is tanking. I'm not a good father. Everything comes tanking down. Cause I just, I couldn't find a sense of self, man. It was all over the place. And I, I got to this level where eventually I was just like, man, I want to be here. If this is life after the game of football, like I'm cool, you know, take me home, man, which wasn't going to go up. It was going to go down. So I was in a space where I decided like, all right, I got to figure it out. And unfortunately my mom passed away. My adoptive mom after a 17 year battle with MS. And it, it put me in this, this reframing of like, I can't continue down this path. Whatever I'm going towards the end of this isn't a place that I want to go. And we can all attest to this. We stop and look at our lives at some point, the place we're going isn't where we want to go. Now it could be a decent place, but I want, I want great things in life, man. I just do, which means if I'm not actively taking a look at where I'm headed, I'll just go down that path and go, Oh man, I, I could have been over here. And I was just doing this because that's what the world wanted or it was cool. Right. I was lazy and I just didn't want to work real hard. So for me, I was going like not even close to it. I was going in a bad direction. So like, I got to change this. And so I woke up a year and a half after my mom passed and I finally had the moment that was the one that made me like, all right, this is enough. And I look in the mirror. It was, it was like New Year's Day. I was woke up next to some strange woman who didn't even speak my language. It was a purely lustful thing. I'm hungover. I got hookah smoke because we did hookah the night before. Just all the stuff. And I'm like, bro, I hate you. I was just like, I don't like this guy. I, he, he's not a good human. He, I would not want my daughter to be with a guy like this ever. My boys, I would hate if they were acting like me. My mom wouldn't be okay with this. My, my God wouldn't let me into heaven, man. So I was like, this has got to, some got to adjust. And that was the moment where I was like, all right, I'm swearing it all off. So I swore off woman, just lotion. Uh, I then went into my world. You caught that? He caught it. I got uh, it. <laughs> I went into my world, bro. And I just did my thing. And I, I had to dig in and really figure out who I was. And here was, I realized I was the common denominator in all of my problems. I existed within all of them, Facts. whether it was, I was allowing it or the cause of it. And when you do that ownership, it pulls the ego back because the ego is a big issue for it's everybody's issue. I call it EGO, everyone's greatest obstacle. It's ego. Because if I'm if that's in my way, I won't give myself permission to improve. So and I finally said, all right, I got to figure this out. Can I we moved. talk a little bit right there real quick? And I don't mean to stop you, but I would love for you to, um, you know, dive a little bit into the the unhealthy and the healthy ego. Like, mm. how's how's your what's your your take on that? Like, how do you go around that? Yeah. Well, we all have an ego. I don't know if there's an unhealthy or healthy. I think the ego 
in and of itself protects the identity it has in place it, 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 by actions, right? My ego will protect my current identity by the actions. And so what it looks like is if I identify as a NFL football player, right? Like I did. Well, great. I, I go to practice. I lift weights. I read the playbook. Um, I run to get in shape. Like I'm watching film. I'm eating healthy. I'm doing that, right? Boom. That That is the actions I take so I can identify as, look at me. I'm a monster big. I go to practice. I play well. I'm a football player. However, part of that identity also includes parts that suck, which would be like, I'm better than you because I play a football game when I was a young guy, right? I'm 25, I play in the NFL, you ain't nobody. What you work at the Home Depot, you think you, you know, like this is just dumb, egotistical thoughts. And so it protects the identity that would look down at people sometimes, nose in the air. Or the guy's like, I don't need no help. I got this, I'm self-made. Oh, that's, the, that's part of the same identity. And so I don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy, it is just the ego protects it with the actions. What is in effect, not the healthiest, are the parts of your different identity. Cause we also have multiple identities. I'm different talking to you than when I'm with my wife or when I'm with my kids, when I'm coaching or when I'm speaking on stage, I'm not a different human, but I'm expressing different parts of my identity in different situations. No matter what it is, the ego will protect that by the actions. And so a lot of people aren't aware of it. Therefore they let the identity protect every part of it. And that's where we go, well, you know, this is just who I am. No, 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 no. That's who you're accepting yourself to be in that expression. And if that's who you're going to accept, then I can't accept to spend time around you. I'm sorry, right? It's just, it's a nature of it. So it's not a matter of, of letting the ego be in control and always be in the thing, protect everything. Every once in a while, you must realize there are chinks to your ego armor. And if you don't take care of the chinks, you will get killed. And how do you break, how do you break that identity cycle? So let's say you're working nine to five, but you see yourself living a, a bigger life. You see yourself living a more mm. abundant, more fruitful life for yourself, for your family. Yeah. But your current circumstances aren't where you where where you're seeing your identity. How do you even yep. get into that or align yourself into that new identity and step into yeah. it? It's an identity shift. It's what we call it. Mm. It's to upgrade your identity. Now, the shift is the big thing because your your identity must match the dream, or the dream won't be realized. If I am not the person to have that, I won't have it. If I do have it, I won't have it for long. That's why people win the lottery; they end up losing the money quick because they they're not the person to handle. Hundred percent. So it's like, I got to match it. Now you say, how do I shift? And the first thing I love how you said is I see myself here. There's what's called a life mastery loop. It's a process. This is, I, I think in pictures, cause I know that me telling concepts and not giving anchored stuff to think through, it doesn't help anybody. So I'm big on helping. So I give pictures that make sense. So think of six circles all in a circular row, making one big circle, seven circles. The top circle is what's called your identity. It's how I see myself. I asked you guys, who are you? You describe it in some way. How the description is done is it's up for discussion of what's right or wrong, but let's just say it's who you see yourself to be to the right of that circle, moving down around the bend is what's called beliefs. I believe something because of how I identify I have a certain belief that belief leads to thoughts, things I actually think all day, every day, conscious or subconscious, those thoughts lead to emotional feelings. If I think I'm strong and powerful. I feel confident. If I think I'm weak, I feel less, right? Those emotions trigger our actions. If I'm angry or mad or whatever, I'll do something, right? We just take an action out of an emotion. Typically we don't think and process things through or the strength of that action will be triggered by the emotion behind it. It could be a lackluster feeling that made the, the, the effort sucks, right? Or it's like, I got this and I'm gonna dig in. The effort's gonna be amazing. The actions you take create the outcomes. The outcomes are big because it can be good outcome, bad outcome. It's whether it's in alignment with where you believe or deem it should be. The outcomes, they do something special. They fuel our environment, internal, and external. So when you talked about, I look at my life and see blankety blank blank, right? 
Yeah, because the outcome of the actions from the feelings, from the thoughts, from the beliefs, from the identity, when it all came to pass, you did something. The outcome shows you, I still live in squalor. I'm not very smart. I can't do well. And what that does is it reinforces the identity. See, I know I did some things that I just don't have much. Therefore, I see I'm not that good. So here's where you look at it. Well, how do we change this, Ant? How do I how do I shift? Well, part of it happens in one special area between feelings and actions. Because we can feel a certain way and we can act in action, right? But I can also feel a certain way like, oh, it's a scare me, but still do it. It's an unconfident action, I say. Because what happens is you may not feel like getting that girl's number. Your heart's racing, but what do you do? I'm going to walk up. Hey, girl, oh, I saw you. Uh, can, I, can, I talk, can I get your number? You know, whatever it is. And you take it, but you do it bold. Like, oh, oh we, we do it. Hey, girl, what's up? My name is Ann, man. I, I, you're beautiful. I'd love to be able to take you on a date sometime, right? She goes, oh, okay. And then now this action, which was opposite of your feeling a moment ago, creates a different outcome. You go, look at me and my hands is phone number. My internal environment feels great. A maybe identity, maybe I can do this. Maybe I am, right? And then what does it do? It loosens the concrete of that identity. You go, I believe I can do more. And you start thinking, yeah, you can do more. I start feeling like, yeah, I got this. Take another action. Hey, what's up, girl? Hey. And it rolls and it rolls and it rolls. Love that. So it's a mental process that we have going on that's always there. We just don't pay attention to it. Just just don't get too excited and go to the girl next to the girl. You just got her number. Ask for her number, too. Don't do that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely not supposed to. It's not Christian-like at all. But, man, you, you are 100% right. You know, and I think that, you know, if people can realize that, that being okay with uncomfortable and being comfortable with being uncomfortable to do those things so that way you can see, like, damn, like, this isn't that bad. This is actually... Mm -hmm giving me a result that I like and in turn I'm gaining confidence I'm going to go do this again and, and even better and even bigger this time so it's so true man when people can start having that shift and you know putting themselves in those environments and those scenarios you see the fruitfulness come out you see the opportunities you come out you see the wins come out and that in turn is going to help you you know become a bigger person a better person down the road right and of course and it goes back to like all right now we got to make sure it doesn't uh feed our ego either and uh, uh get into our head either but if you can control that and manage that you know that confidence is going to take you to a whole nother level of life yeah what's the difference you do want to feed it you wanted to feed the ego we need it to because the, the difference between cockiness and confidence is very thin. And it's a matter of how we express that. I can express confidence. Like I'm here. I'm going to tell you, I am damn good at what I do. I hop on a stage. I, I melt faces and serve hearts. I'm good at podcasts and talking, but I do it because I love to serve the human heart. It's not this cocky, like I'm the best and no one can. There are people that are way better than me. People that are, that are doing things that I could never do but I'm confident in what I do. So I show up in a way that, that serves the people I'm supposed to serve, but it's not to deter or take away from anyone around me. It's understanding like if I express out of my identity that I, I have taken actions and I feel great, if I express that in a way, it's like, look, I know my worth. I know I'm great, but I see you too. What happens is I'm expressing the good part, but I'm not letting the ego protect the part of me that's like, yeah, I'm better than everybody else. I could do great things you can't touch, right? No, bro, kill that. I don't need that. Like I'm, I need the part that's like, I see you. Hey, keep hustling, homie. Like I love, I love everybody building and growing. It's the balance. And most people don't have that. They just see it as it's black or white. It's I'm great. You suck. No, we're all great at great things. I could never do what you guys do the way you do it. You can never do what I do the way we do it. That's the beauty of life. Uniqueness. 
uniqueness, yeah. 100%. And now I, I want to talk a little bit about social media because I um, and get your opinion on that. Do you feel that, you know, social media has enhanced a lot of these, you know, I guess issues you would say where people, you know, tend to say like, man, but this person and that person and this yeah. and that, you know, you know, before social media, do you think there was a huge um, separation between now the people today watching social media constantly and putting themselves in that in that mindset process of like, well, you know, this and more, and I'm better than this because of this and because that person is better than because the name right here, because they have entrepreneur. Do you feel that because of social media, um, and obviously, granted, there's a lot of good things too, but do you feel that it's also yeah. played a part in that? Well, a massive part, man. Back in the day, you didn't know anything. I mean, back in the day, what's all like back in the sailing days, you know, like, uh, well, not like when they were selling my people around, but you know what I'm talking about? Same time. Anyway, so there's a bad joke. Nobody got it. We're going to keep it here. Keep it straight, people. So back in the day, if you were famous, you were known by like everybody in your town, right? Which, let's say, let's say it's a big town, a thousand people. Oh man, the shanty huts and everything. And like people go to the harbor, right? And if you were like a famous guy, you might, you might leave your harbor and you might go on a boat as a sailor or like a pirate, right? And you go out to the world and do your thing. You might meet a couple more thousand people. And that, that has a certain effect, but like everybody doesn't know you. The whole world doesn't know you exist. Nowadays, everybody knows you exist. Everybody can see you. Everybody can build up. You can all grow. And it's crazy with the amount of eyes you can get. And then you start saying, how do I get them all to like me? And that's the, I think it's the biggest problem with society is there are those who get and those who don't. Kanye West knows everybody doesn't like him. Let's just put it that way. I'm gonna leave it out there because the dude's stupid confident and he knows this. Stupid confident. But the funny thing is, you know, Nick or Sean or Susan, they put something out and they get so eaten up if somebody says, I don't like this video you posted. Bro, do you know how much hate other people get? And it's just because they have an experience. But here's the reality. Kanye has ridiculously loyal people who love him. Mm-hmm. Ridiculously. And I look at it and go, how'd that work? And I go, oh, it's simple. Because he said and was clear so much so about who he is that he was clear enough to have people hate him. But if you aren't clear enough for people to hate you, you will never be clear enough for people to love you. Powerful. That's a very powerful. And especially, Simple. Especially now on social media where everything is reinforcing and the platform, the algorithms. If somebody really likes you, they're gonna, it's going to be reinforced over and over again. Yeah. And so we're all coming at a different time. And yeah. then sometimes it keeps you away from posting actual good content or content that you really want to post out because you and you think, oh, this is the only shit that people like to watch or see. You know, no, they're not even yourself them. anymore. Yeah. And then no one like this. If you don't know who you are, how do I know who you are? You know, it's and then nobody can get in line. No one stays dialed in and it becomes a very wishy wash situation. And then social media, it's scary because then now you people are outsourcing their identities to social Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm this guy. And it's like behind the scenes, I'm not that guy. Like, here's my rented car. Here's my borrowed yeah. thing. You know, yeah. it's like, dude. So then you, then you have an, a misalignment inside to please people that, that you never see that don't give you that back. You're pouring out to people that I don't, here's the thing. I stopped putting rims on my cars completely. I don't need, my car is bone bare stock. What people car you got? Lot. I said a Dodge Ram, bro. It's a 2020 Dodge Ram All right. it's a truck. I mean, there's no lift kit. There's no extra rims. People go, why? I go, well, because the interior is fire. I love my interior. The outside is for everybody else. And the sound too, right? I don't care what you think about me. Yeah, it's like, I don't, but I don't care what you think about me. I don't need rims in my car. So I don't even, when I'm driving, I don't see my rims. Why do I need them on my car? This is with the logic that I had in my head. I'm like, I don't see them. I don't have mirrors hanging down. Now, I'm not against the people that want to put rims on. By all means, do your thing. It is cool. However, in my world, how I look at it is like, 
when I stop trying to please other people and I just want to share and please the people that are with me, those who are inside the car experiencing my interior with me, now I'm showing up in a way that makes it feel good. So social media doesn't deter or start define me. I define who I am and share that with social. And those who want to be aligned with this definement, now we're in the same cohesion. We're good. Totally, man. And it also goes back to those people where it's like, you know, when some people get that car, that Lambo or, you know, the watch, whatever, just to impress other people. Because it's like, okay, I got to put this persona on social media. I got to put this out here because it's how people are going to like me or do business with me or it's how I'm going to attract this, right? Now, again, granted, if you really want it because you really want it, it makes you happy and fulfilled, then that's just you're a car Lambo fanatic and you love Lambo since you were little. Get the freaking car. There's nothing wrong with that. Good Mm -hmm. God. I would love to have my dream car right now, right? So... It's it's fine, kind of finding that found. I was like, do you really want this because it makes you happy? Because it makes you fulfilled with yourself, or do you want to do this because you just want to look good in front of other people? Uh huh. Question, man. Most people don't think that through very far. Mm-hmm. No. And let me ask you this: So, when you had your own identity shift, how did you handle that? And I'm going to talk about specific periods. I know you've probably had a couple, but when you were transitioning yeah. out of the NFL back into the regular, um, I guess, civilian life, if you want to call it. How was that transition, that identity shift you have to make? Because you were the, the guy on campus, right? Oh, yeah, man. You, dude, man, it sucks. It sucks. I was telling you, I mean, you just, you feel like, uh, you feel like somebody kicked you out of your house. And I'm going to make this make sense for everybody. We all throughout our lives have built this house of who we are. Just happened. This is the house that's you guys are in living in a house of who you are and you feel warm and comfortable. You love the blinds and drapes. The floor is all yours, all yours, right? Imagine if somebody kicks you out on the street and you're homeless. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, which means I lost my identity. I, I can imagine if you could never do the podcast again. Imagine. You'd be like, what? I can't do what? But I've spent so much time and money and I've, I've researched stuff and I've talked to people, the emails, all the stuff I've built. You'd feel like a homeless person. Like I'm out in the streets, I got nowhere to go. And what happens is we do what homeless people do. We drink it away, we smoke it away, we drug it away, we sex it away. We, you know, we just, we beg for people to accept us as this person. We don't even like us. You know, it's just weird. Think about it, like actual metaphor. It's actually real though. We do that when we have no sense of who we are. So I did that. I would go to the gym in the morning, train people and come back, drink a six pack of beer and then go back and do work again. Like, hey, be healthy. I just got done being drunk. You know, like it's this weird dynamic and it feels out of place. And here's when I, you talk about hard here's what people don't do. They don't realize that the best way to make that shift to transition is not to go from where you are and being kicked out of the house. Cause that happens when I, when I get cut from football, I'm booted out of that identity. Can't do it anymore. I am homeless and I'm hanging out and doing stuff. I don't like, you gotta go build another house. The problem most people have is they, they are afraid of being homeless. They won't leave who they are because they have no other house to go to. And so for me, it's like, well, if you get thrust out, go build now, go build, go put bricks down day by day, build bricks. Tech, so you eventually move into a new place of, ah, this is who I am. Right. But if you're going to perp- like purposely do it, to proactively do it, great. Leave your house, go build that house and come back and say this one until you go one day, you know what? I'm leaving this job because I got a business over here. It's built. Totally. You know what? Totally. I'm leaving this relationship because I, I feel confident in who I am outside of a relationship. I'm okay being single and not having to have a guy or a girl with me. Right. So we have this back and forth where most people aren't realizing it's not a death sentence. We think it is simply because we haven't built another place to stay and we don't want to be homeless. Yeah. And then find those tools that are going to help you build a strong house, right? Find those tools mm-hmm. that are going to help you reinforce that house every single day. Cause um, you know, I think another thing too, a lot of people, you know, we get easy or comfortable 
And we forget that um, we have to continue to grow. We have to continue to surround ourselves with the right people, self-develop, get the right information, right? Listen to mm -hmm. individuals like yourself, you know, to continue building that house every single day, you know, that we want to reinforce, right? And then again, who knows? That house might come down. We might build another one after that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Upgrade. I'm moving. We're moving right now in the middle of a move, right? You just, you always, I've in the last 17 years moved every two years. All right, but what what, what what cool stuff are we keeping from here? Because there's some cool stuff in this house. Oh, this is everything. This, what you see here, is all going to be here. The, oh, okay. the, the lights and everything. However, these shelves, these black shelves, they're going to go away. They're going to be nice, wooden, straight-down uh, shelves with neon lights behind the books coming up and glowing. It's going to be fire, dog. Damn. It's going to be all wood. This gray you see right here is going to be actual, like, you ever go to, like, the massage parlors and they have, like, those stones on the wall that are all pretty? That's oh, what we're doing. It's going to be, like, man. nice stones in the back of brown. Oh, man. It's that's you nice. sharing the experience with us man i can't right, wait bro, to I like i like designing i do it all myself like i'm a very oh, you're design you design too no i just do this i just i made this design this you see is me i made this from from my head and then i no, no wife no other no, people no. my wife is worse than me at design i think <laughs> i'm dead i'm like most women are good at that she's a tomboy bro she played Th soccer does she listen does she listen in no she's not oh, hearing okay. me right now she's oh, listening okay, to these. okay. Yeah, no, but she's not a design person. But this studio, like, I was like, I had an idea, and I, I made it. I, I just, and I, what I did also was like a thought through what it could look like, and then I went to Amazon. Everything's from Amazon, but the, the neon lights and one piece of plastic you can't see. But like this, like the things that are here, this black stuff, Amazon shelves or oh. Amazon, everything's Amazon except for the helmet up there, the neon lights, and I just, I know how to build things with my hands. And then all the technology, the whole studio is all me too, man. I, That's I Google a whole lot, YouTube things, watch right. videos, so you can't see it, but I got like. Multiple cameras, three screens, a monitor screen, laptop, the the roadcaster. It's all here. But this is this is part of who I am. Talk about identity. I identify as this. I own this as my as my human. So my ego will show up in a way of like, it's got to look fresh. And then yes, start talking about the new house. We are physically going to a new house, but it also becomes a metaphorical new house for me also because it's a new step. It's a new stage. We're going to put down roots for six plus years at minimum in this place. So I'm actually stepping into a new stage of myself too. I'm building a new house of the guy who's going to be anchored somewhere for a while. What are you, what are you looking forward to the most in that next chapter of your life? Um, I'm looking forward to being able to, well, just, there's, if I'm being transparent, I like the idea of people and I want people to be able to come right now. The way the studio is in my house, like you can't really do a full, like other people in the room. The next place has a room that's three times this size. So I can actually do a full studio in the house. That's one thing I'm really actually happy. But then also I'm, I'm happy that I get to be able to have this place where my kids can go to college and come back and know it's the same place to come back to. That's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Like, yeah, that'll be, I don't, I want to say it's a forever home, but I like it. It really might be, it might be the place where like no one ever moves. Like we don't rent this. We have like five or six prop. I think this is our sixth property, but we don't live in those ones. Like, you know, so this will be the one where like, we're going to live in it for a long time and we won't rent it out and nobody will move in. It'll be our home, like tear down walls, build it out, paint it. Certain. I'm doing all my own stuff. Never have done it before. So I'm That's excited to be able amazing. to make this place like roots. Google and YouTube Academy. What I was saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, it, where are you I'm located, man? We didn't even ask. Where yeah. are you located? Oh, man. I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Where are you guys at? Oof, Miami, baby. Miami. Miami. I've been there. I went to South Beach one time. My little, my son was walking around. And he goes, why do these ladies all look like this? They just want to take guys home? <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, son. That's exactly. He was 11. And I was like, you are dead on, son. <laughs> I love it. Now he's going to come back when he's 18 or 21. I hope not, but hey, are they all their journeys, man? I just sit back and hope. You're I like, I hope not. To, You're like, stay, 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 stay at the, the stay at the home where you come back after university. 
Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and, uh, hey, it is what it is. Oh, yeah. And you know, when I'm thinking about it, we're talking about trialing San Francisco. How has COVID impacted your life and what you're doing right now? Man, in a few ways, but nothing crazy. So I've always, I've always been good with the Zoom and video stuff. So when it all shut down, I feel like Bane and Batman, like, oh, you adopted the dog. I was I simply <laughs> born into it. You simply died. Like, I just known Zoom since, like, 2015. So I'm like, well, you guys are freaking out. Click this button. I was like the Zoom king, you know? Uh, but then it did suck because if a speaker, I was a speaker primarily, like, if you aren't on stage, you're unemployed. Yeah, right? So I'm like, oh, how do we do this? And then I had to figure out how do I continue to make money when everything shut down? Now, the good thing is I made more revenue in the pandemic than I had pre-pandemic. And it was because I, I identify also as a guy that's a problem solver. We have, we have five specific company values. And one of them is we make shift happen no matter what. Mm. So my brain tunes to like, hey, one of our company and family and human values are, I make things happen. I make shift happen, period. Let's, what, what we got it figured out? Okay, let's figure it out. I'll give myself a few, few minutes like, ah, oh, this sucks. But I go, all right, what's the solution? Because if I don't, then I don't find the solution. So for me, when it all hit, I was like, I got to find a way to do things. So I was like, well, people are on Zoom. But people aren't on Zoom. Like I, I could be on Zoom with a whole studio and the mic and the, the dialed in camera. I'm like, what if I just get ahead of the curve, man? So I went and I dropped probably at the time, there's about 10,000 of the studio. In time, I've probably put about 20 in total now. But I was like, I'm going to have the freshest studio. So if somebody's like, I need a virtual presentation, I got you. Like I didn't even know how they how to do it in the beginning. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I went out and led, created presentations. I found software that does different stuff. I made cool, like, Prezo, things I could do in chat. I just, I thought through it because that was what my brain needed to do. So I pivoted. And now I could do, as opposed to where I could do one speech in a day, but I was doing, like, two and three. Damn. And they were paying, like, a, like a, 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 a half, up to half what my typical fee was or more. So I'm like, dude, I'm making more today than I did the last three weeks if I was traveling week to week to week. So like, and I, and I seriously walk out to the studio and I, sometimes I'm in shorts. I'm in shorts right now. I've done a couple in underwear cause I'm like, it's kind of hot. And then I'll do my thing and I'm back on the couch, legit right back on the couch. Nobody knows the difference. So like that was a big switch. And then also I wanted to make sure that I gave people the ability to, to experience what I do in their own real time. Cause we were in a world where when that pandemic hit, people lost themselves. Yeah. My work's an identity. Identities were trashed, man. People didn't know who they were, where they fit, how to do what, so I was like, well, now's the time for my method, the shift method to really come to light and help people. Because if you can, if you can get to that point where you understand who you are, well, now you have a different control of your life and things operate smoother. So I took my coaching program and really pushed it out to the world. And I've helped a ton of people. I've had clients out of the blue with nothing, the same pandemic situations make $95,000 in like four weeks off a new program or new idea by plugging in where the world needs something and knowing who that person, like, who am I? How do I show up? So when everything hit me, I was like, let me get online. So I'm still speaking, but online and let me take my method and make it broader for people. Love that. And are you still doing that coaching program? Uh, yeah, man, it's called the shift method. It's uh, it's actually even way more in depth. Now mm. you got a whole app and everything dialed to it. So my work, Pl plug it in here. It, yeah. Plug it in. It's, plug it's it in. Where, where, can, where can they find it? Oh, you just go to, you can go to anywhere. You can go to Anthony trucks on Instagram. If you want to uh, go and really find out to Anthony trucks on my actually anthonytrucks.com and then go to the coaching programs, you'll see it. Uh, it's this thing where I try to explain to people. It's not a bunch of information because nowadays people get this onslaught of info. And I believe the issue is we don't have identity match the dream. And the issue is because I don't have a skill set to get into the zone identity. You guys play sports at all? Yeah. 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 So, you know, like the zone, you talk about that, like athlete in the zone, right? We're in flow. 
we think it's just athletes, but it's everybody. I mean, military people get into it. Moms get into it when they're taking care of the kids. Like I'm in that, that flow zone, right? Most of us don't want to get into it or stay in it. So like we're good for a week or two weeks and a diet falls off. I'm, I'm functioning. My, my schedule's good for a week. And then I'm like, ah, oh, next week I suck. We don't stay in it for a long time. The people I know, bro, they are never out of it. They're in it. It's a certain, it's a part of who they are at an identity level. So I was like, well, how do I get there? And I realized that a lot of people don't have a skill set. They, they have this issue where they have a dream, but no vision. Like they know the city, but not the, not the, the address, you know? And so I was like, well, people don't have a good vision. And if they do have a clear vision, there's no idea of the path to get there or how to create one. And so I found it's like, I, I made this term called visioneering. So it's a skill set of visioneering into the zone. And the way you visioneer is you obviously engineer the vision clearly and then engineer the path to get there. And it takes two specific things, process and people. The process is the thing which we have as a shift method. It shows you how to achieve and transform the entire way. So your actual identity shifts to match the dream. And then the other part of it is people. We, we don't actually lean into people the right way or have a, what I call a dream team around us. And so what happens is if we have one or the other, we can't visioneer very well. If I have people, but no process, I get all a bunch of high fives and handshakes and chest bumps, but I go back to my quiet little corner. I got, I don't even know what to do. I feel motivated. What do I do? Uh, I don't know. Right. Then you have process, you have process, process and no people you're screwed because I got the process. I know what to do, but no one's really self-made. I need support. I need ideas. My one brain alone cannot perfect something. So if you don't have the right people around us, we're screwed. So when we do our coaching programs, the idea is like, look, we're trying to get you to clarify and you craft what is your zone identity that is experiencing what you want, that has matched the dream. What does that look like? We craft that. Then we say, great, let's teach you to visioneer. Let's put that out there in a way that makes it clear what the vision is and then get you in there by using the shift method and attaching people to it, the process and people. The method is how you get there. The people we have around the programs guide you and help support you on the way there. So that's what we started doing. And we've done amazingly cool things, man. People fix marriage. I think we've been like three marriages, which wasn't intentional, but we just, it helped. Amazing, it was cool. People lose weight. People make money. They, they, they do better in their jobs. Like it's, it's super cool to see. We've worked at Amazon, T-Mobile, uh, PayPal. We've worked with like really cool stuff that goes in the world in a way that as long as you have an identity, it works for you. And that's what we do. So you got the shift method the the book you're speaking what's next for anthony um next is me and my son are going to go and pack the rest of this house up so we can get things you know i <laughs> i have this this thing where i look at the destination and then the day this is just like the language i use and how i live my life i have fallen in love with the day not the destination now it doesn't mean i'm not aware of destinations there are definitive things that I want to get to. I am going somewhere, right? I want to have a show at some point that's a well-known show, maybe on on damn, you know, public stations, we call NBC, ABC. That'd be cool as hell someday to have a show. I want to act at some point. I have no idea why. That's just something I want to do because I'm weird like that. It's funny that but you said I that because I'm the same way. I said I want to act one day too for some reason. Why not? Why, why I leave a super cool not be in a movie? Like a <laughs> non, non-X-rated movie, like a real one, you know, like... Uh, I love you. It's like non-X-rated movie. Yeah, I don't want so, to be one of So those. it's not in Miami then? Not in Miami oh, okay. or like down in, no, nothing in SoCal. I'm, it's going to be North out Cal. in the middle of Montana. It could be. I could be out there a country boy. Hey, here, Ooh. guys, look at me. I'm a, I'm a black cowboy. We're going to do some cow. <laughs> um, no, but I'm, I'm going to do that stuff. But I think the big part for my work is I want to be able to impact tons of lives. I don't know how many, but all the ones that God said I'm supposed to. Right. And that'll happen through the things I do for coaching, the things I do for speaking events. I love a stage and sharing and coaching where I could do it all day and absolutely love it. So that's what's next. But the thing is, 
I do the things on a daily basis that get me there. So I spend time with my wife and kids. So I'm, I'm fueled to do work. I have a focus on what needs to be done now and not be done now. I don't hold everything in my head and get stressed out because it's not all done, even though I'm making progress on things, right? I manage my life and my structure with this method very cleanly. So I love my days, dude. Like, and seriously, that's what's next. In my head, I'm like at two o'clock, I'm gonna work out with my son. That's what, that's literally what my head went to. Like, that's what's next. Love that. <laughs> and, and in the bigger picture, it's like, as long as I've got the right stuff in place for my daily plans, the destinations will come and they do, they come frequently, they come fast and it's cool to watch, but it's all because I'm loving my day. Anthony, go. No, no, I was going to say that, um, you know, I, I, I just want to say once again, you know, the way that you put, the way that you put everything together with, with the way that you carry yourself, your methods, the way you deliver, the way you impact, I just think it's incredible to see the growth of where this all started from your childhood, from the experiences you've had, from the upbringing, you know, from the traumas to, you know, overcoming that adversity to be able to build what you have today. Not many people can do that. You know, not many people could, could do that. And it goes to show the work that you've put in and obviously your method, um, your shift, you know, it, it really, really goes to show what this can do for others, especially what it's done for yourself. I just want to say thank you for sharing that, man. Hey, welcome, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. And, I, you know, before we wrap things up, I just want to be able to, you know, honestly say thank you again, brother, for for coming on here, for giving value, for, you know, showing up, you know, and hopefully we can come one day and show up at your new house with your new place and enjoy come some on, other talks. Hey. Do a little something inside. We're, gonna, we're actually going to be beefing up the podcast. I want to do... I want to do things that are in person where you have like just like a really well produced show. We're going to do that. So maybe it'll work out. Oh, totally. We appreciate that. But um, before we wrap it up, I would love to just give you the floor real quick. Where can people find you, connect with you? And again, if you want to throw those last minute plugs in there. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not, I, I figured to plug things is what it is. But uh, yeah, if you go to Instagram at Anthony Trucks, if you want to grab the new book, identityshiftbook.com. And if you go to step three after you buy the book and come back to that website, uh, use the code live and you'll get free audiobook, a free workbook and a free digital book. So you can consume and actually do the work the book shows. That's it, man. Mm. Um, if anybody wants to talk to me directly, I have a, there's a text community. If you go to textanthony.com, and just message whatever you want. And then like, Hey, this is so-and-so I heard you on the sweated out podcast. Cool. Like I do go in there and give back. It's not frequent because I have a busy world, but I do give back to everybody. Definitely does. This guy will definitely give back. You see it all the time on his page. So I know um, I'm going to give it to Brian real quick. I know before I jump into a little quick burnaround, like I do with all my guests. So Brian, if you want any last minute words, no, Anthony, it's been an honor to have you here, especially with your, um, with your experience and what you've gone through. I know that listening a few things from yourself, I'm definitely in that uh, identity shift myself at this moment. So I really appreciate hearing what you said, because it really, uh, hit a nerve for me myself right now. Mm. Definitely. Gotta, we definitely got to get that book. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, man, we'll get to you. Just you got to get a book, man. We got to get that done. That's it. I, I got to have a little, little, uh, little smile face on there from Anthony, though. Oh yeah, a little signature. I got to figure out. I get a lot of requests. I'm gonna find that. <laughs> I, we have some I send out. Love <laughs> we'll it. We'll get it done. No, I appreciate that, man. So, quick little burn around. All right, quick little yeah. questions. All right, number one, what was the craziest experience you had in your football career? Uh, craziest experience, uh, was, it was new year's. Like, I don't know what year it was 2008. Yeah. Seven into 08. And there was a, a car full of cheerleaders from a local college that had come for some reason. They were all of age. And I was with my, my wife. I was actually married at the time. 
And one of the girls tried to like pull me out. I was all drunk, pull me out of the thing. I was like, no. And like, I gave her my buddy's hand and he went out. And this is when it's like kind of like a by, byproduct experience. But I was like, I'm glad I was sober enough, but not really to like, I'm not doing, I'm not cheating my girl, man. So by the time that limo got back to the house, he calls me, goes, bro, I just turned the lights on. Cause I started hearing noises and he's like, I'm drunk too. He said, I turn the lights on. There's like, there's like 20 people in here just all having a fat, massive orgy. I was like, I am so glad I let you go. And he's like, it was amazing. I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad it was you amazing. It was not my world. I'm not into that stuff. Shout out to, no, we're not going to drop any names in here. No name. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah. It was very interesting that, uh, yeah, we had made other stuff in the sports. We've had yeah, a lot of weird stuff, but that was the one I was like, man, I was like one random drunk decision away from being in a place where I hated myself for a you, good chunk of time. You must have been playing down here against the Miami Hurricanes then. Um, <laughs> no, I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what's crazy? I saw I saw them the next, like the girl who tried, I saw her the next day at breakfast. Of all breakfast places in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, she comes wandering in and my homeboy's sitting right there. It was so awkward. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's, yeah. That yeah, it was weird. Hilarious. That's a story though. Yeah. Question number two. Question yeah. number two. Um, what is it that you felt that was the one thing that you really needed to work on for yourself to really catapult you to where you're at today? Ego, man, hands down. Ego. Because if you ego. don't, you will never give yourself permission to get better. So the moment that I could control that thing enough to be like, ah, you know, even now you got to deal with it. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. I don't deal with that. Like having control of my ego in a way that allows me to not feel like I am nobody because I failed at something. Right. It's just whatever it may be. I can manage it. Therefore, I can manage my life better. Love that. And uh, last question. What is the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today in one single sentence? Uh, a single sentence is uh, your identity must match your dream or the dream will not be realized. Boom. You guys heard that from Anthony Trucks himself. Guys, the most important thing is you grab one single thing today that you learned and go applying it and take action immediately. Yo, Anthony, really appreciate you. Guys, if you really got value out of this podcast, please show some love. Like, subscribe, comment, share, drop a rating, leave a review, and please do the same for, for Anthony because he's doing some amazing things, and I can't wait to be able to see the future podcast location that he's having and be part of that hopefully one day. So, brother, really appreciate you. Till next time, guys.